Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi everyone, and welcome to the 29th episode of Concussion Chats. My name is Taya. Concussion Chats is a podcast hosted by the Yale Students with the Concussion Legacy Foundation, with the help of Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast. We're dedicated to providing strength and hope to those recovering from concussions uh, through sharing experiences. Today, we have a recording of our guest speaker, Katrina. Um, so Katrina is an athlete and entrepreneur. Uh, she's been playing competitive hockey for 25 years and had no known concussions until a severe hit from behind playing hockey in March 2019. Uh, she didn't know she was concussed until 10 days later and things spiraled from there with her body starting to shut down. She had to relearn how to walk and talk. Uh, Katrina credits Ottawa Performance Care for giving her her life back. She's 90% healed now and wants to bring awareness. She now lives life in a slower, more calculated and present lane. Uh, she's really grateful for her family, friends, and strangers, um, and believes that you can heal and uh, just take it one day at a time. Thank you so much. Um, first off, so everyone in here has had a concussion or is involved some way in concussions? Yeah. Well, not cool, but uh, I feel yeah. Um, I had never known concussions were so devastating and I played competitive hockey for 25 years. Never once had, you know, what we call the concussion discussion in regards to if this happens, look out for your teammate, friend, whatever. So, um, I don't know how much detail you want on the actual injury per se, or, or more so what happened after, but, um, yeah, how, how much detail would you like me to go into in things? Uh, it's kind of the UCAT. Sorry, I forgot to say this before, but you have about 25 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. And, um, you know, if you're feeling like talking about some detail, that's fine. I know a lot of us are uh, at least a few months, a lot of us are two years out. So um, definitely talk about the afterwards as well. But hearing your story is always good for us to relate. Well, I'll give you like a nutshell and then we'll, we'll go from there. And if you guys have any questions, I'm more than happy to ask them as we go, if that's works with your flow of things normally. Well, yeah, essentially I was in a competitive final game and uh, I got hit from behind slammed to the ice and that was basically vertical. And then all of a sudden horizontal. So um, big, big whiplash head went back just instantly like 
headache, obviously not feeling so good and mostly sore with the whiplash, actually distracted by that. I wasn't even thinking about my head. And yeah, we didn't, I didn't know that I was concussed. I even played one more shift and was like Bambi on ice all over the place. And then my coach was like, yeah, you're done, sit down. So unfortunately, you know, my team, my, my trainer, all no one really knew until 10 days later, you know? So yeah, between the hit and 10 days later, I did everything you could possibly do wrong while in a concussed state, so to speak. I lifted weights. I went online and I was like working on a website at the time. I went to a play at the NAC, which was really, really nice. But at the same time, that's when I started. It was like, I can't focus. Like what is happening in this storyline? Like I couldn't really see the characters on stage very well. It was kind of like blurry a little bit. And that was like one, two, three, four days later, maybe. I don't know if you guys have had this too, where your symptoms just show up later, kind of trickling, getting worse, or if it was like all of a sudden for you, a little bit of both. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was about three, four days later that things started to get kind of loud and bright and trouble focusing. People would repeat things and it would just kind of like zone out. And then yeah, 10 days afterwards, um, my body just like shut down and was like, nope, you need to rest. Um, my brain is injured and I got like the worst headache. I never get headaches. Like prior to this concussion, I don't know about you guys, if you had headaches before or not, I mean, who knows, maybe I had what were called, um, like subconcussive, you know, hits beforehand in sports, maybe, but, uh, the, yeah, the uh, headache at the time was like nothing I had ever experienced. And then there was this constant pressure as well. I don't know if you guys felt that or anything like that as well, but just like my head was like being squished. Um, and the only thing that made it feel better was like actually holding it versus, you know, it kind of felt like it was squished, but at the same time might float away. <laughs> it's, it's weird, weird sensation. So um, went to the doctor, obviously they're like, wow, you're, you're concussed. You need to like go home, chill, you know, dark room, all that kind of feedback um, that I have now learned is possibly, you know, out of date. And there are newer, more up-to-date technologies, I guess, or strategies for concussion care, which I ultimately found out. But uh, yeah, the, the, my general doctor said, yeah, go home, rest for two weeks. So I did. And this was about April, two years ago. And uh, hello, everyone, <laughs> new people coming in. This was about two years ago, April, I was on kind of sick leave for two weeks. Um, I'm also self-employed. So I was like, well, how am I gonna work slash run my business and heal all at the same time? But luckily I have crew members and teammates that were able to kind of take the, take the reins and let me heal a little bit. But uh, the concussion really started to spiral. 10 days after, um, I didn't realize it at the time, but there was definitely a lot of depressive thoughts coming in and like spiraling and like replaying of the hit and the injury. I don't know if you guys had similar like traumatic replay of whatever may have happened, but ultimately um, psychotherapy stuff helped with that in, in our case here. Um, yeah, lost where I was going with that one. Uh, 
yeah, <laughs> it happens. Um, where are we in the story, the update? Uh, brain recall is much better. Still have moments of like, the thought flutters away, but uh, getting better at bringing it back. Um, there's always been an element of that though, for sure. I don't know if anyone in here has like ADHD or focusing issues, but uh, who knows if that was an underlying factor to the concussion or not, but um, yeah. So essentially hit in March of 2019, 10 days later, things spiraled, sick leave for two weeks, filling out insurance papers, what happened, blah, 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 dealing with Hockey Canada. And then it was about end of April, May, um, that my body just like shut down to another whole level where my body actually froze. Um, like I was just eating breakfast one morning. And again, everything was really loud and really bright. I was eating breakfast. And then all of a sudden, like my hand was not coming to my face. I was like, why is my arm not moving? And then I literally froze like, like a bad Zoom call connection. I was like, uh, but yeah, I couldn't move. Um, so and I actually do, you know, have some training and knowledge and, you know, personal training and um, some somatic experience in therapy. So at some level, I knew my body was still in a very traumatic state and like shocked state from back in injury. But yeah, I just was like, oh, my God, I think my nervous system just shut down and froze and uh, went to the hospital. And although the hospital was. The intention is to help and I appreciate that. The environment was not supportive to a concussion and I'm sure many of you have gone to the hospital and experienced the loud, bright, very volatile environment that it is and possibly made your symptoms worse as is. Um, but yeah, the, the hospital, all the testing, you know, MRIs came back clean, nothing's wrong. Uh, CT scans, CT scans, yeah, nothing wrong there. So I didn't know this, but yeah, concussions like don't show up on tests, right? So then you know you're not like something is off, but you have no no way of like proving it or or uh, showing like yeah, this is this is what happened. So I was getting frustrated, frustrated, right? Like no one is actually finding out what happened. How did the concussion escalate to the point where my body is like temporarily? Uh, paralyzed type of thing and then fast forward like seven ten days and all of the testing and the, the bright loud all that stuff really just kind of triggered um even more symptoms and then all of a sudden I developed like a stutter and speech impediment um what else I could like it was bad it was bad <laughs> Um, anytime I would look into bright lights, my body would like freeze. If it was a loud sound, I would like twitch um, invol involuntarily. Um, so I don't know if you guys have had either smaller scales of this or like much similar or much larger examples, but uh, the neurologist ultimately said like, you may have a concussion, but what's really going on here is you have something called FND, functional neurological disorder. I don't know if you've heard of this, but um, at the time I thought he was just trying to tell me that I was like crazy and that I, like it was all in my head and I was pretty pissed <laughs> to be honest. I didn't fully understand until later what he was actually trying to say. And although I appreciate the time he spent with me in trying to 
assess and analyze. I the the way he was delivered in the bedside manner was so brutal. It just kind of shut shut me down to actually hearing what he was saying. And it was only until later where I, I found a different doctor who was like, yeah, a concussion is like a form of FND, like your brain, the way it functions is altered and it needs to be supported in a way to go back to operating the way it used to, or in a way that it can, you know, hear things and see things and not be overwhelmed by all the sensory input that's coming into it. So I was like, okay, what the heck is this concussion FND thing and how do you heal from it, right? Like he was kind of alluding to the fact that this could be the way I am from now on, you know? And that was a pretty scary thing because I had gone from being completely independent. I live on my own, uh, running my own business, playing high level sports to now having to move back into my mom's house and being taken care of, like needing help to have baths and showers and make my food, you know, because you just have no energy in your brain to do anything. And so learning that over time that energy gets better was, um, you know, that's been interesting to see the neuro fatigue. I don't know if you guys have that too, or if it still lingers or if it goes kind of some days are better, some days are worse, but yeah, I'm seeing a lot of head nods. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was a big learning curve is, is um, dealing with like not being able to do things you used to be able to do, right? And then having to get other people to do it. But the real tricky part too is with the brain injury is like, you're not able to communicate necessarily what you want or need. You're like an infant almost entrapped in an adult body that needs something but you're not quite sure how to say it or get it or do it or be even what you need. You just know you don't need this. You don't need that. You don't need X, Y, Z. Um, yeah. So basically they struggled in that state of temporary paralysis, like twitches, stutters, constant headaches and pressure. Um, I was very sensitive to the barometric pressure changes. Like every time it would get thunderstormy and rainy, um, I would literally feel like a, like a little squished ant, just, I have to lay down, like all the energy is gone. And during this whole time, there was something in me that was like, I need to document this and like, just put it out there. It's not the most flattering. I don't really, you know, it's pretty vulnerable state that I was in, but I was like, I have no idea what is going on, how I can heal from this, who can help me. The neurologist is saying, you know, it's in your head. You need to go to talk therapy. And I'm not sure if you'll be able to heal from this. So then I'm like, oh shit. Like, oh, sorry. I'm like, oh damn, how am I going to heal from this? Um, and then, so I just kept putting it out there on Facebook videos and I'm like, someone must see this. Someone must have come across it. Like we're in 2020 at the time it was 2019. There's, there's gotta be someone that has dealt with this. And so um, thank you concussion Montreal for hosting things like this, to be honest, that bring concussion groups together and let us talk and learn from each other because um, it really will, I think you learning from each other's experiences will lead you to a better result potentially than just trying to listen to someone else's telling you what to do. But you can take from this what you want, you can leave from it what you want, 
And, you know, at the end of the day, if anyone feels a little bit better from this or has a piece of experience that resonates with them, then that makes me feel better that I could help in some way from my shared experience, or I can learn from you as well on, you know, what, what went well for you or what didn't go well for you. Um, but yeah, so from the concussion to six months of like, just really suffering, trying massage therapy, chiropractic, I tried vision care, you know, eye therapy, but the issue was, you guys have probably heard something like this. Um, you know, the cup, when your cup is so full and you're like, um, you have to go to therapy, which is work, which adds more water into your cup. And then you're just overflowing and you're like, I want to heal. I want to put in the work, but my cup is just overflowing. And then by the time you get to your session, you do the work. Now you're just done for like however many days. Yeah. So um, it wasn't until I found uh, a therapist through a friend. Uh, he's actually a chiropractor. And um, basically my friend, Etienne, he reached out to me. He's like, Kat, I've seen your social media post for the last six months. You know, it breaks my heart that you're struggling. I have a friend who works in concussions. Um, he's a chiropractor that specializes in concussion care and he uses treatment-based therapies from functional neurology and I'm like I don't understand what you just said I heard something that like you can help and sure I'm open to it like what's up so essentially my friend he called me and was like okay I'm coming to get you I'm going to take you to this guy we're going to do an intensive rehab and hopefully re reset you onto a good path and I was like I've tried I, at the time I felt like I tried everything right six months feels like a lifetime when you're struggling and if your life is completely different from what it used to be that six months can feel like a lot longer so I'm like okay let's go do it whatever it is let's make it happen and I walked into uh, the Ottawa Performance Care Clinic OPC I think it was September beginning middle of September 2019 and I walked in with a stutter. I walked in massive headache, pressure all the time, uh, temporary paralysis, depending on like how light and bright it was. It was very, very much a correlation with the brighter and louder it was, the less able I was to function. So at OPC, they um, basically in eight days healed me, which is sounds ridiculous, but is the truth. I walked out of there like this, being able to talk normally, um, being able to walk and even run. Um, I am able to work now. Um, I have days where obviously the energy level is still higher or lower from the neuro fatigue and weather, weather fluctuations, as I'm sure some of you guys do as well. But I try to do well with nutrition because I understand that there's a huge impact, obviously, with your internal inflammation systems and all that. However, obviously, like everyone, uh, we all have our things that we like, and I don't really drink or anything like that, but I am very much addicted to sugar and love candy. <laughs> so that's been a struggle, is knowing that that causes inflammation and, you know, sensitivity. So trying to balance all that. But back to the therapy at OPC, um, I, I don't really know what else to say in it other than, um, he was a chiropractor and he specialized in uh, concussion care treatment using functional neurology. 
And um, my understanding of it is basically he addressed my energy level. So like I was on strict, very clean eating uh, for eight days. There was no sugar being had. Uh, it was only like fruits, vegetables, protein, um, no dairy even. Uh, it was very, very strict. But at the same time, I started to feel so much better. And I was on like, I was on um, cur curcumin supplements, uh, anti-inflammatories. Hope you guys have had these. A glutathione as well, a massive anti-inflammatory. And uh, those made a huge difference. Like the hot burning pressure in my head started to lessen. And I was like, okay, he's on to something here. And it was almost like by shifting the diet right away that created a better ecosystem internally for my body to be able to have a little more space in its cup, right? To go to the therapy. Uh, because prior to that, I was just eating like tidbits or whatever. I, you know, I felt like crap. So when you feel like crap, you want to eat like crap, right? It's, it's a catch 22 situation. What you know and what you feel don't always line up. Um, so he was like, we're going to do this, but first we have to change the internal system and support it. So then you have more energy to do your treatment and then see some success. And the treatments were mind blowing. Like he had like electrodes, like plugged on, like re-patterned my ability to walk. We did like marching and it was eight days in a row, two times a day, the morning session, then I would nap and rest and eat and then the evening session and then repeat. And, you know, there was a miracle in there as well. Uh, I guess I'm just so grateful. Um, but because we were documenting the whole thing and sharing it, what I love most is not only did my friend reach out to me um, and really save my life and lead me to this place, um, but we documented it all and we can share it now with other people who hopefully can find this place or other places like it and see success and start to find healing in a more speedy way versus suffering for so long. Because the six months of treatment that I was doing was very superficial, like make you feel better for a day and then like worse for two, <laughs> you know, one step forward, two step back. I don't know if you guys have had that as well, but it's very frustrating and you start to lose hope and you get kind of discouraged. Like, why am I, you know, is anyone like actually going to help? So um, although it's frustrating, like if you can share your story or feel comfortable sharing bits of it, you never know who else it could help out or who else might see it and reach out and be like, I know someone who could help you. Um, and yeah, sometimes it'll work out, sometimes it won't. I did do a different therapy and it was like a vision therapy and it was not for me. So I understand that not all therapies are for everyone, but um, I think if you can be open to, you know, different types of therapies and kind of feel what feels right for you and then go, go with that. Um, but yeah, and then here I am today, it's almost been two years now, and uh, basically back to work minus COVID restrictions, um, and starting to work out at home a little bit and get back into movement. I'm obviously not playing any competitive hockey, 
ever again, unfortunately, but uh, I still skate. I love skating. So uh, yeah. I think that's kind of the gist of the story. Today I have Emily, who is also part of uh, McGill Students for Concussion Legacy Foundation, and Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast joining me. Um, Katrina's story uh, really, um, it was like, it was really good story, but also just like how she got her concussion just kind of reminded me of like my first that like I knew about, because um, it was like hockey um and like an unfair hit like i got i was on like same, my same thing like same hit from behind no like the girl had like tripped me i was like on my knees trying to get back up but i was also trying to get the puck out of the out of like our end no. zone um and then she like took her hockey stick and just like smash over the top of my head like really? right right down the center yeah it was really? messed up that's that is messed up. i got the penalty for slashing her when I was on the ground, I slashed her and I got the penalty. But, um, and then like she said, like she played another shift, like I finished up the game because no one like saw that I got hit or anything. Um, but uh, yeah, no, just like the unfair hit just kind of like <laughs> reminded me of my own. Um, but her share was really, really good. I actually, I remember when like she first got concussed actually I don't know how I found her on Instagram it was when I first took over the concussion support group um and I saw like the beginning of like her recovery and it was really cool to just like listen to the recording because I was not the meeting listen to the recording and just like hear the difference because I used to watch like her videos and she would always kind of post um, first our video was that her running down running one running down the street think maybe uh no i was just talking about like ones about like she would kind of post like her progress like the things like she'd be like talking and like she had a really bad stutter um for a while and um she would post videos about like just like her recovery and stuff um on instagram um so it was really cool to like because i'd kind of forgotten about like that like i was like keeping up with it for a while and like and then um, when I heard her share, I was like, oh my God, like that's like who I was thinking. And I remember um, when I first found her, I was thinking like, oh, she'd be really cool. Like talk to the support group at some point, like that'd be cool. Um, and then like a couple of years later, she, yeah, that was cool. Uh, yeah. There's very, like, yeah. a lot of hope to like her. And if her talk was like, yeah, get better if you just like, I say the message, message is obvious, but I didn't even say that. But she's actually, you hear that she's actually hopeful about what's going on with her life. And uh, how it's not all like just, oh, my life is ruined now. It's so hard now. It was more of a, it's more positive, which is nice to hear, obviously. Mm -hmm. While still touching on like the really yeah. negative stuff too, you know, like yeah. she did say like she was like spiraling and having like um, depressive thoughts and like, uh like she did touch on all the really hard part parts yeah. but she never um yeah i thought it was interesting how she was like and when i look back i was definitely having depressive thoughts and how in the moment she didn't really register that and how common that is i had this, this similar thing where 
I think I've talked about it before, is like, I got hit, and that's all I knew, was that, that, that body that I was in, and that brain that I was in, and so it was like, I too, <laughs> was having really, really depressive thoughts for several, for, for quite a few years, and it didn't register as that for quite some time, like, it was just like, oh, this is what life is, like, this is how we do life, kind of, just yeah. as a zombie that is a little bit unsatisfied, and that is life. <laughs> and uh, then I think back to being a little kid, which I couldn't really remember, you know, what that was like at the time. I was like, man, I was always just like a a pretty jolly little <laughs> little human, um, and I just all of that was, you know, missing for a very long time. Did she talk about her treatment for depression or for any mental? <laughs> No, yeah, she mentioned I, CBT therapy, or she mentioned psychotherapy. Um, but what I was going to say, just like on top of what Emily was saying, it's just like I never really thought about that and how when my depression really hit was around times where I definitely did get hit in the head. <laughs> um, and I probably did have concussions. Um, and I'd never thought about how like I wasn't a super depressed kid growing up or anything but then all of a sudden um I was very depressed and um have been dealing with that stuff for a really long time and I never thought about it being a concussion thing um and another thing we've just been talking about a lot lately with the support group is just like how hard it is to manage and like address emotions when you're concussed because your brain's not in the best place and it's not working at 100% and you have all these emotions but you just can't make sense of them um just how difficult it can be yeah maybe a bit of a defensive mechanism too because like I never like I never even thought about being like I had like obviously very bad thoughts and sad thoughts about myself and stuff but I never one thing in my mic is how does that make sense does it sound okay yep good um yeah, and uh, but it's never really doctors or people ask me, do you ever feel like depressed or bothered? Like, no, I just no, I no, I, I just I felt bad a lot of times, but this was just after my accident. But uh, after listening after these past like, well, I guess more more like five years, and then, or you know, five years since I started the podcast, hear more people talk about how they're depressed and stuff, and how the girl group talks a lot about emotions and stuff but after concussion and feeling depressed or feeling anxious or or you know worrying or whatever so same difference but uh almost well, not really but anyway um but uh it's just it's good to get uh, the other people's takes on it and how it's and recognize that maybe you were going through it and stuff you didn't want to didn't want to say you didn't know what so you didn't say like i guess also with times if i was injured i was obviously it's a, it was a more acute situation but uh there's also there's also a um, like long long not a long time ago, but it's 18 years old in August, and uh, mm -hmm. so, you know so it's, it's a lot has changed since then. But yeah, but it's good to hear other people to get to get a fuller sense of what you may have been going through yourself. If you not even you don't recognize the time, it's just knowing that maybe it was depressive thoughts, maybe it was that it feel makes it feel more normal now than yeah. Like 
being able to like reflect yeah. on that is super cool for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't and, thought about all the times that I like was in doctor's offices and they were like, are you depressed or anxious? And I was like, no. And I was back and I'm like, yeah, I was. I was very. <laughs> like being concussed, you, like your emotions are all out of whack. And also like you probably didn't know the full extent of what being depressed and anxious was either because exactly. for a while, like I wouldn't say I was depressed or like I didn't think of myself as like depressed or someone like that had anxiety or anything but like man I definitely had anxiety as a kid I was such an anxious kid like oh my gosh but I never like that wasn't something that like I knew so if someone would have asked me wouldn't wouldn't know and then yeah throw on like a concussion and well you're really not gonna know <laughs> yeah. yeah nothing just um and I was oh man I was thinking about how like how weird it would be like when she's talking about being like paralyzed or twitching and how I've had these moments in my life where I've been like all right move yeah and, you're, <laughs> and I'm like you're okay just you're like, concrete yeah and I'm like in ha it's like in a good chunk of my brain everything makes perfect sense but i cannot get that to the part of my brain that needs to do the action or say the words or form the thoughts but i'm like so i'm like there's this very very sane coherent part of me that was there that could not express itself like was fully just trapped and that's um some of her talk reminded me of that sort of process it's so That's frustrating because so i'm like i promise i'm not stupid yes like like you know that you can do it it's just, but i can't you can't, you can't in the moment like you just can't do it even though like you know you can do it you know what it is and you know yeah, how so frustrating. yeah you know what it is you know how you know exactly like like every single thing but like you you just can't do it and like that's so frustrating because then it's just like I look stupid but I'm not like I like I just can't right now I always think about um decision making like Taya it's so funny yes. now that we look back at like me when I would have quote-unquote narcolepsy attacks which now at this point probably some were narcolepsy and some were concussion because I just didn't realize I was still dealing with cognitive deficits or neuro deficits um but in part of my brain I would be like yes I'm about to fall asleep the task is to go lay down and I couldn't ever <laughs> I couldn't make that decision half the time Taya would be like go to bed and I'd be like go to got it go to bed <laughs> yeah it would be like me like telling her like Emily this is what you're going to do or like when or even just like when we'd be studying and like clearly you need to take a nap clearly you need to go home and you're like no no, no no like i'm fine and i'm like emily half your face is paralyzed you look like absolute shit like you need to go to sleep you're not gonna do anything and you just be like no like i'm fine and then after enough like of me being like no this is what you're gonna do then like eventually happen kind of thing um but it's like i think in part of it is like this like mindset of go 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 but i think part of it is also this not registering what's actually happening 
in the part of the brain that needs to know what is actually happening right now. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and she, uh, she also talked about um, just like how like one of the doctors that she saw like basically alluded um, that like she was going to be the way she was from like now on and just like yeah. how I would like I just thought about how so many people in the group have had so many doctors say that and like we've talked about it so many times about how like it's not you like it's just like the doctor doesn't know what to do it's like a it's a them problem not a you problem and there's nothing wrong with you and you will definitely like you just need to be seeing someone else um and well, that does also bring up kind of acceptance like this is your life now and this except that it's going to yeah. be i know i know now that they're doing their kind of it's, it's easier better if you if you accept your life and someone else you this. yeah yeah that's what a doctor's saying it's just like yeah like you just need to accept this like this is how it's going to be when in reality it's like no you need to accept that you don't have the tools and skills and knowledge to help me so you need to refer me to someone that can help me um and i think that's a big ego problem with doctors um they just can't do that um but even just like going back to like what we were talking about like with decisions and stuff like she was talking about how like she felt like an infant in like an adult body because like mm. you know like you can't get what you need but you know you don't need blah 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 but like you just you just can't do it yourself kind of thing and i think that uh sums it up pretty <laughs> pretty good um, i really like that expression yeah it, it, yeah it was it was a good one for sure um and uh oh in my notes i found that she said like uh psychotherapy really helped with her traumatic replays because she said like she just kept like replaying the hit and i definitely i still do that sometimes um with like my hit over the head or even just like some injuries um but yeah that that's of traumatizing um but yeah yeah Overall, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the, again, I like the hopeful messages. Was yeah. It was such as hopeful, being released and just all the way through, but really being to express her hopefulness, which I think is important for, important for people here who just being completely kind of get all like, oh, you know, this is the worst thing ever, and I'm going to be like this, and this is life sucks and all stuff. but which of course I'm sure she had days like that. Of course she did, but she chose to. You know, she didn't just like fall uh, into that trap kind of thing. She like worked as hard as she could to. Also, I think it's really cool that like she documented the entire thing. Like, um, if you go on her Instagram, like you can scroll all the way back and you can watch and see like her recovery process. I actually did it after listening to the recording, um, I went through and I was like, holy shit, like, that's awesome. Um, it was, yeah, it was super cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, her, her talk was really good. Yeah. I think, uh, we keep hearing more and more about those, uh, those chiropractors, don't we? Yeah. Functional chiropractors or functional neurologists. I'm hoping, you know, 
yeah. 10, 20 years down the road, it's going to be a little bit more of a known. It'd be nice if it was tomorrow, but let's, you know. But you know <laughs> how it works. You know? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Also, I think she, so in her bio, it said she spent eight months um, going to OPC two times a day, but then in her talk, she was saying eight days. Um, so I wasn't sure if it was, it was probably months, right? That makes sense. I think she might have done eight days of like very intensive, I feel like. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, I'm sure if people go creep we could out DM her. Instagram, yeah, or if people go creep her Instagram, you'll you'll find it. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, no, I it was it was really great to just hear all about um her recovery and she yeah, I just I just really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's good. And now she's a concussion advocate herself and she has an Instagram and um yeah so it's awesome that more people are advocating for concussions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um thanks uh Nick for helping us do the podcast. Thanks uh Katrina for joining the support group and sharing your story. Um and thanks um for coming and being here. Uh, we'll have a new podcast posted Monday morning. Our upcoming podcast can be found on concussiontalk.com, Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. You can find more information about our group on concussionmtl.com. Our free peer-to-peer support group is open to everyone, and we hold four weekly Zoom meetings. We're always looking for uh, Thursday morning speakers. Thanks for listening. HeadCheck Health bridges gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada who rely on HeadCheck to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HeadCheckHealth.com for more. The music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. W www.bensound.com Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.